So, Harry, mm-hmm. what is the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Okay, probably going to be that time that I was working for a company that made toilets. Mm-hmm. I found it very, very boring. And one day I walked in and I quit my job and I went traveling around Europe. That's pretty good. It's not the most unique thing, but like uh, Europe was, was was pretty good. There was also a spontaneous decision at one point. I was in Rome and you just showed up in Amsterdam for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And I was like, you know what? Amsterdam sounds fun. So we got on a 17 hour train. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of regret the train journey. But uh, yeah, getting high with you in Amsterdam was uh, was yeah that was a, also a good time a, a memorable time indeed. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was are you saying I was the Melanie Griffith in this story <laughs> or the Ray Liotta? <laughs> uh, I think you're probably the Ray Liotta. Okay, fair. Yeah. I can take that. It's pretty hot. <laughs> sure. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to something wild. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from other... Damn it. <laughs> we'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. I really need to just change that paragraph back. It, it seems like you always stumble, yeah. Time. <laughs> but first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most fake names. Oh, really? Well, wouldn't you like to know? Mm. And we are joined today by Julio, the guest with the best chance of getting voluntarily abducted by a strange yet sexy woman. <laughs> <laughs> and joining me as always, the host who's just crazy enough to turn all those sexy women away, it's John Lucas. It's called being gay. It's not a mental <laughs> illness, Harry. <laughs> um, cool. So, hello, Julio. Hi. Happy to be back. Very excited. Happy to have you back. Julio, this is your third time, right, I believe, on the show? I want to say it's the fourth. The fourth. Uh, so you did that thing you do. Because you always pick really good good films. That's mm-hmm. that's something you've got a good hot streak. We'll see if this week's continued it. But <laughs> you always seem to pick like slightly off-centre off like cult classics that we tend to really like. So that thing you do, you did with us. Which I've always meant to rewatch. But yeah, because it's so it. fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, the one? We did the vampire movie. We did... Um... Let the right one in. Yes, we did. Yep. Another great movie. There you go. Was there a third one? Uh, yeah, we did Clue, which actually Clue, I didn't yes, pick. You guys did. asked oh, me if I wanted you. to come in for the Clue episode, and I was more than happy to do so. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So three excellent cult classic films mm-hmm. and three great episodes. So yeah, 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 always happy to have you back. Great long-term friend of the pod. So yeah, thank you for rejoining us. Yeah. How are things with you? Uh, it's, it's been great. You know, 2021, it's slightly better than 2020. <laughs> Sure, we're kind of inching back towards something resembling sanity. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, like we were we were speaking right before we we started recording. I'm, I just in that final stretch where I'm trying to cram as many Oscar nominees as I can. It's it's crazy that 2020 was so. Uh, you would think I would have had time to watch everything in 2020, right? Because mm-hmm. I was I was at home and everything was streaming. And, you know, most movies were streaming already, and yet like. We got to award season for 2021, and I felt that there was so much I hadn't seen just because I got distracted doing something else. It's crazy. Mm. Like, on a, on a normal year, I would have had so much time to just 
get to award season to be completely caught up and just have to watch those late releases. But no, here I am. Just I have maybe, I don't know, 30 movies from 2020 that I knew were out there and somehow never got around to watching them. No, I think I'm the same. I think what I've learned about myself in this past 12 months or so of everything being locked down and kind of everyone being at home the whole time is that I'd like to compartmentalize certain aspects of my life. And I really, especially with movies, like... I just, as well as just the pleasure of going to a cinema, there's just something about like, okay, this time is blocked off. I'm going to go to a cinema and I'm going to watch a movie. And I'm going to do that once every week or a couple of times a week. And I'm going to be focused purely on that movie. And yeah, just having all the time in the world to watch movies and all, them all being on streaming to watch them whenever I want to. I've watched way less of them. Yep, <laughs> It's crazy. I've, I've had so many opportunities. So I, I, I hear you. I feel the same way. So. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into uh, <clears throat> going to the cinema every mm. single week and just watching whatever is out that week yeah like even if there's nothing good just still, some still, trash still watching something even if it's fantasy island or oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that film wasn't even that bad it was just the last film that was the last yeah the last film we saw before the first lockdown was fantasy island and there was like six months and then we managed to squeeze in tenet and new mutants during that brief summer and period that bad russell crowe movie oh and that terrible russell crowe movie yeah <laughs> in unhinged yeah. <laughs> yeah 2020 was a bad year film wise mm-hmm. um but yeah, so this one's looking up. So yeah, Julia, why did you why did you pick this film then? Well, well, you guys were in the middle of uh, your your road trip arc, and mm-hmm. it came to mind. I mean, I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, but to me, and we'll talk about it. You know, it felt in my memory. I'm like, this sounds. It feels like it was a road trip movie, but maybe what it was is that it's just there's a lot of driving in the movie. It's not that doesn't make it a road trip movie. But it, it was a movie that I always wanted to watch again and also wanted to talk about with people. Not many people that I know have seen it. So I've never really had like an actual conversation about it. And so it seemed like a good candidate. And like I told John, I was like, if we watch it, I didn't sub that it doesn't qualify as a road trip. Well, you guys can just put it at the very end of your <laughs> of your arc. <laughs> oh, we've been all over the place with this season. Anyway, we took a break for a week to do Parasite just because we forgot it was Oscar season. And I think the week before that, John, you you, you picked a film that was extremely loosely a, a well, road true romance. Movie. Yeah, true romance. True yeah, romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. I just listened well, to I that Googled. episode. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Well, I just Googled, like, when we decided this season, like, classic road trip movies, and True Romance came up, and I'd, I'd not actually seen it. So, oh, that, that sounds like a good time. And it was. It was a great time, but yeah. a road movie, it is not. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we played fast and loose with this theme, I think, so it's fine. I think this is one of the more road trippy movies that we've managed to get. Definitely. In there, so. I'd say the first half of this movie is definitely a road trip movie. For sure, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd say that's, that's good enough. Yeah. So, so neither of you had seen it before? Nah. Nope. Okay, that's awesome. This this has been my second time only. I heard about it on a, on a podcast, like I said, a couple of years ago. So I was aware of it. I think uh, it was whenever Jonathan Demi passed away. And they, they did mm. kind of like a bit of a retrospective and did a, a review of this movie uh, kind of to honor him. So I remember it kind of, it sounded interesting. And then there was a couple times a year the criterion collection does a sale and uh, mm-hmm. i always try to get at least one movie that i know that i want and then a movie that i am not familiar with so that i'm always mm-hmm. getting something new um and so i hadn't seen something wild and i saw it was it was for sale on the criterion website so i went ahead and got it just based on what i heard in that podcast and so well i mean it's just it's part of my collection now <laughs> so mm. i'm glad i've got to see it twice at least yeah, I, I I did. I was aware of it, but I'd never really come close to watching it. I kind of associate the film with 
when I was a teenager and I was working in a video store. Uh, it's called HMV. It's a very famous chain store in the UK, but I don't think it traveled to America. But yeah, it's like a DVD and back in the day VHS store. And for some reason, I remember this movie always being in like the bargain section, like cheap movies. I don't think that's because it's like considered a bad movie. Obviously it's not, but like, because it's, I think it's just one of those movies that's like not that well known. So it was always in like the half off, you know, bin and stuff. And I, just, I remember it had a very distinctive cover. The cover art for the DVD was, it has this kind of animated cover that makes it look slightly like a porn film. <laughs> uh, it's got a very like suggestive cover. The, the cover I'm familiar with anyway, it might've been different where you are, but like, yeah, it's like animated and it kind of looks like Jeff Daniels is kind of rear ending Melanie Griffith. It's very strange. Like, <laughs> so I always thought it was some kind of kinky movie, which I mean, it does have its elements of kinkiness to it in the, certainly in the first half, but it, it's really not. Um, it's actually a legit movie. And uh, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed this. I was really pleased with this. I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Harry? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I got to say, I really enjoyed the first half of it. The second half, I could kind of take it or leave it. Because the first half was so interesting. Mm-hmm. There was so much going on and it never told you what was going on because everybody's a liar mm-hmm. and you slowly work out what is a lie and what is the truth like as the whole film goes on um you know because like initially you think that he's a married man with kids yes because that's the lie that he tells mm-hmm. and you think that her name's lulu in fact she doesn't tell many lies actually she just she's just weird <laughs> uh, she's, you just don't know what she's going to do next yeah but that's extremely entertaining when you, sure. you, you have no idea what somebody is going to do next and also they are dressed like that mm-hmm. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so what you're saying is when melanie griffith stopped getting her boobs out you lost interest <laughs> <laughs> well yeah <laughs> well would you say like yeah. the second where would you say that the movie becomes that second half because i agree i i think that the first i really like the first half and then the second half is not is it's a different movie and it's not a movie as, that's mm. as good as as the first half. So would you say, because to me, me, it's like after the diner scene, is that where you would put it? For me, I'd say it's when, it's when Ray Liotta comes in. Okay. Because the film, it completely changes then. Like it's about then, I think it's slightly before then that like she takes her wig off and she sort of becomes her old self. And then suddenly she's lost that intrigue and like, she's no longer a character that you don't know what she's going to do next. Mm Mm-hmm. Like she loses that, that that surprise and Ray Liotta comes in and he's got loads of charisma and he brings a, a large intensity to this film that well, it was already there. Um, but he brings the intensity that she was bringing mm-hmm. and uh, he's pretty entertaining, but it's a very different film. And I don't know, it, it lost the sort of surprise element that the first half had. Mm-hmm. The first half, you never knew what was coming next. This one, it, it kind of did. I understand. I actually, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I agree and disagree. I actually really, for the first half, I kind of enjoyed, but I was kind of a bit tentative. I was like, where is this going? I, it's, I was feeling that Because it's so, it really drops you into it and mm. it doesn't give you a lot of background on the character, or any background on the characters particularly. It just really jumps into this kind of quite un, unlikely scenario with this, these two characters on this crazy road trip. And then for me, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, when Ray Liotta comes in, the movie does become a lot more conventional, but then I was like, okay, I understand what this movie is now. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed that. It kind of settled me. And so I, I enjoyed both parts in different ways, but I, I do agree that the second half is a lot more conventional. Then it just becomes kind of a fairly standard thriller. And and I do also agree that Melanie Griffith does get a little bit princess peached in the second half. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say a little bit. Mm. Like I, she, she has a lot of character in the first half. And then mm. in the second half, she is just Princess Peach. Yep. Mm. She, you, you may as well have just called her that because it's 
it's two men talking about who gets to keep her. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> literally. Yeah, like, literally. Yeah. While she sat there with them, mm. not not even not even speaking up for herself. Like she's she's not got the the lines to speak up for herself there. She does a bit, but she but yeah, I know what you mean. She, it'd be nice if she had a little bit more agency in the second half. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and then she just needs to be rescued and gets a little bit beaten up and mm. it's just fine. It needed that scene like true romance where Patricia Arquette just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. beats the fuck out of James Gandolfini. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I there was this interview in the in the in the disc that I own. There's this interview with uh, Jonathan Demi where he was saying that uh, it's not in depth. I wish that he had talked about it more. But the one thing that stood out to me was that uh, he said that his his intention was to constantly keep the audience on their toes, like not know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Which is why there's so many tonal shifts and so many just wild left turns throughout the movie i'm like that's cool i mean in that sense i think that he he definitely accomplished it but i don't know that that's necessarily the best way to tell a story (laughs) you know like if your Mm -hmm. your primary objective is simply to just keep the audience uh keep surprising the audience but maybe not what that leads to is not telling a a cohesive story because i'm more like like i said i'm more with harry i I feel that it it loses its way in the i i feel like the, the the second half doesn't feel like a good payoff to the first half. It, it, on rewatch, it feels a little better, but to me, especially the first time I watched it, I, I felt like that was not what I wanted to happen based on the first half of the movie. Uh, as much as I like Ray Liotta and his performance in it. You would have just liked it if the whole movie was the two of them on this, uh, Jeff Daniels and Melanie Griffith on this crazy, sexy road trip, just having all kinds of misadventures. Well, yeah, it, it, I mean, obviously I would like it to build up to something, uh, mm-hmm. but but definitely to, for for the resolution to their, their relationship to hinge on Ray Liotta going absolutely crazy like on a murderous, uh, <laughs> you mm. know, spree, like where he, it just becomes a, a, a thriller in the, yeah. And the big thing, you know, is, is the, the big character moment for Jeff Daniels is like, what did he kills Leota sort of, <laughs> you know, it's just really mm-hmm. weird. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about that scene. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It, 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 it happens a lot with really creative movies. And I think this is a really creative movie in the first half is that sometimes they struggle to figure out how to kind of bring it home. So I think I agree with that. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than both of you did. I, I actually really enjoyed it start to finish. So um, good pick. I really enjoyed it. Hey, you. Hey. Hey. Hey, you didn't pay for your lunch. What? You didn't pay your bill, big boy. Oh, sure I paid, didn't I? The check's in your pocket. Yes, you're right. Okay, let me take care of that right now. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know how this happened. It's just, I, it's, this is just, uh, you know, I got a lot of things on my mind, you know, business things, and I just, I simply forgot, it's all. You deliberately walked out without paying that check. I did not. Here, come on, take, just take the money and, you know, and keep the change and... Fine, maybe you'd like to tell a cop. No, don't, no, don't, no, don't. Let me guess. Sometimes you don't pay for your lunch. Or maybe you steal the occasional candy bar or newspaper. You're a closet rebel. Should we get into a plot summary then, Julio? You need to 
yes. take us through it a little bit. Uh, all right, so I'm doing the plot summary. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. we can do it together. You don't need to, like, okay. it doesn't have to be like scene for scene, just like, you know. <laughs> it's always so intimidating because you guys are so good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so I guess this is uh, ultimately, this is a movie about, uh, about Jeff Daniels' character, Charlie, who's this, I would say, sort of like a standard guy, like a. Uh, I don't want to say milk toast because that seems almost too negative, but you know he's a he just got promoted at his company. He works at I think a bank, and uh, he he seems like a successful guy at least on the surface. And he seems we learn pretty quickly that one of the tiny thrills in his life comes from sometimes walking out of a of a diner without paying for the check. That's that's his big thrill. And then uh, he meets Melanie Griffith, who at this point in the movie goes by the name of Lulu because she catches him doing that she's watching him from a table nearby and she confronts him about it and that just sets off this this relationship that turns into a road trip where basically she's she's just messing with him and she offers to give him a ride and against all she kind of says to him doesn't huh yeah she says to him doesn't she she says uh you're a closet rebel and then she kind of obviously picks up on that and she offers to give him a ride back to his work and then she kind of essentially kidnaps him right i mean he's He's kind of going along. There's there's several moments oh, yeah. in the movie where he could just walk away, and he chooses mm-hmm. to to stick around with her, uh, as she reveals that she's a lot weirder and a lot more of a free spirit than he could have uh, imagined. I guess. I mean, I mean, and this is one of the things I find fascinating in the movie because the first time around that I was watching it, I was just so I was having trouble believing that anybody would go along with this. And then the second oh, time, oh same, yeah. <laughs> but then you know, like watching it the second time, I'm like, no, I mean, you would if 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 you're <laughs> if you're Jeff Daniels in this situation, if you're if you're Charlie, mm. and this is such a departure from your normal life, and you you know that deep down you're not satisfied with your normal life, then yeah, I mean, it, there's a chance that a, a pretty girl comes and offers you a ride and just takes you on this crazy adventure. Especially because as the movie goes along, you can tell that he starts enjoying it more and more. So he he kind of has this journey of self-discovery where uh, he finds out that he, he actually is a rebel or that he has the potential to be a rebel the way that she says he is. But uh, but yeah, she is. She's crazy. She's, you know, uh, she drives like a maniac and she uh, <laughs> she constantly steals from people. She hardly ever pays for anything. Uh, she's constantly drinking. Uh, she drives him off to a motel. They have sex. She calls his boss, and you know, basically gets him the day off. It's uh, it, it, it's like she calls his boss like during sex. Yes, she it? has him handcuffed I, I, to I the feel bed. Like she gets turned on by just making other people uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. she certainly does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great scene when Jeff Daniels he he's handcuffed to the bed because of course she's handcuffed him, and that's when I was like, okay. You don't know this woman. This is, the, <laughs> and not knowing where the film was going to go, I was like, right, this is where the movie takes a dark turn. I yeah, really thought she was going to. Yeah, this is where like she robs him. And, yeah, and, that's, and you know, there's no more playfulness to it at mm. all. But uh, but no, it's still. Yeah, I like that it didn't go yeah. there. I like that it was. She just wanted to have a bit of kinky sex and handcuff him, and it wasn't. Mm. There was no ill intent behind it. But yeah, this scene when he, she, she then calls his boss and puts the receiver up to his cheek. Mm. And then just basically gives him a blowjob while he's having to explain to his boss why he's <laughs> skipped work for the day. It's yeah. it's really funny. It's fantastic actor from Jeff Daniels. <laughs> so and it, it, it's it's pretty interesting. I, I think I think more so than like would would somebody like Charlie go along with this. It's also I remember especially the first time around, kind of reckoning with that. 
just believing that Melanie Griffith, that Lulu was, you know, like you just got, like you guys said, that there wasn't an, an ulterior motive, right? That she's mm. just like, oh, she just wanted to have fun with this guy that I guess she found cute and, and kind of amusing at the diner. And then she just, you know, she, she decided, okay, well, I'm going to take him on a ride. And if he's cool, I might go to a hotel, we might have sex, and then I'll, I'll take off and go, you know, to my high school reunion. So, it, that seemed like that, I think that we all have that built-in mechanism of like this is too good to be true. There's no way that this hot girl is gonna like pick you up, buy you drinks, take you to a hotel, have sex with you, and then we're like, all right, bye. And but that's what the movie's selling you. And uh, mm. once you come to terms with that, and you realize, okay, this is really yeah, this is her. This is her character. It. I think that it. Uh, I think that at that point you just get uh, more comfortable and you can enjoy the rest of the movie, which is what happened to me. Because she is, she really is, unlike him. I think that on the surface, she's just very much who she. She's acting her like herself. On the other hand, he mm. has a, a picture of uh, his wife and kids, and so she assumes that he's married. But then later in the movie, we're gonna find out that that's not the case. So if anything, he's the one that's being uh, that he's not being honest. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the one that's not being honest in this scenario. But yeah, after they've had their their wild. Uh, sexual encounter she's ready to go she tells him that uh, he has to take the bus back because she's going back home and uh does he he offers to to go with her right it's not that she asks him i think she i feel like she asks him but he's just incredibly suggestible i mean at this point he's in like a a, a sexual like uh, in veep they call it a fuck fog i think he's in a fuck fog essentially <laughs> like so <laughs> So, yeah, I think at this point, he's just so entranced by her, he'd, he'd follow her to the ends of the earth. So he's just it's so in, in on this, like you say, this wild ride. So, um, yeah, one, one whatever one thing leads to another, and he ends up accompanying her back to her house in Pennsylvania, or her mother's house in Pennsylvania. Right. So there's like, a, a, you know, the road trip element, because they were in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now they're, so they drive to Pennsylvania, where uh, they go to her house, to her mom's house, and she introduces him as her husband. And mm-hmm. uh, and he plays along. I mean, she says you're a really good liar, but it's later implied that the mom can see through the lie because they haven't seen each other in forever. And I guess she knows her daughter. So at some point when she's she's alone with Jeff Daniels, she's like, I think she says, you have a wife somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I really, I loved that scene so much because it, it seems like that are the difference between like a basic movie and a smart movie. It gives like these very small side characters much more like personality because yeah, the mum could just be played as this kind of slightly dotty old lady who's being fooled by her daughter. But then mm. yeah, that little conversation that doesn't really pay off in any meaningful way in the rest of the film, just where the mum says to him, look, I know that you're not really married to my daughter. You be careful around her. She is, she's got some strange ideas. Like it, it just adds so much personality to her. And also it gives you an extra shade of Melanie Griffith's character. I mm-hmm. just really like that scene. Yeah. She could have elaborated, I think a little more and be like, <laughs> Hey, by the way, she had look out for the X. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he just got released. I, I think that by now uh, they've already ditched her car. Right. Because I, I wouldn't want oh, yeah. to uh, not mention uh, John Waters's cameo. Yes. Loved this little cameo. Yeah. So yeah, at some point she just parks up like, I think it's when they go to the... It's after they have sex, they go to a Chinese restaurant, don't they? And she parks really... She just parks in this crazy position and then the next morning they wake up and the police are obviously towing the car and then so they just walk away from it. So they have to get a new car. Yeah. Yeah. And she uses the money from when she... She kind of stole money from a convenience store early on in the film. So she's just... Yeah. 
very yeah, yeah uh, and John Waters is the the salesman the the, the yeah the, the sleazy car salesman which is just a role John Waters is born to play as a sleazy <laughs> sleazy small town car salesman it's great <laughs> yeah I did like I did like him he was good mm-hmm. um and that's that's how she tells him uh she tells Charlie that that uh, she's divorced because mm. she he's trying to figure out like oh, how could she just walk away from that car like nothing and then buy a new one and she just goes like well it's called divorce and we split everything so that's that car's still under his name it's not a big deal um mm-hmm. which which comes back later when you find out that well she's not really divorced <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah so she did lie harry at some point i guess yeah, yeah no you've, you've caught me out there <laughs> um caught melanie griffith out but we... <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> So from her mom's house, they go. It turns out that it's her her high school reunion, which is mm-hmm. I guess the reason why she went back home in the first place. And uh, so she's gonna she takes Jeff Daniels there as her date, as her husband, her fake husband. They they bought him clothes. She's wearing an old dress that she had at her mom's. She lost. She's lost the wig, which I was. <laughs> yeah, she lost she's the Mia da- Wallace da- da- wig. Yeah. I was I was very concerned about that wig, right? Because the whole because it's it's such a wiggy wig, and I was yeah. like, is that? Are we really to believe that to her? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was really wondering too. <laughs> so like, I was very relieved when she took it off. We've skipped over her whole look at the start of the film. Oh, I mean, yeah, her look is amazing. This like she she looks she dressed like an African lady. It it, it, it it's <laughs> just on the cusp of being appropriative, yeah. Because there's <laughs> yeah. so many bracelets and bangles on her arms, it's like crazy. <laughs> Matched with the wig, it's it, it's a very striking. It's got look, like yeah. a pendant of like the shape of Africa around her neck. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's it's, a yeah, it's, uh, it's there's quite a lot. And that car, it matched the car. Yeah, I mean, her fashion choices in the whole movie are like really interesting. I mean, everyone's mm-hmm. fashion in this movie is really interesting. There's so yeah. many good details about the costume design in this film. I love it. I love all the t-shirts and the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to it in drinking games, but yeah. yes, she looks. Uh, I think there's a guy early in the film who describes her as looking like Satan or something. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the guy from the convenience store that she robbed. Uh, yeah. But he also and said that, that point, she had a gun. I, <laughs> yeah, well, at that point, because I didn't know where the movie was going, I was like, is she Satan? Because yeah. she is like this like apple of temptation kind of character for this first half. I was like, is this the twist? Is she the devil? I was like, that could be a twist I could see Jonathan Demi doing. So <laughs> That'd be an insane twist. <laughs> it would be an insane twist, but I wasn't completely ruling it out until the very end. So, yeah. so by comparison, how do you feel about Jeff Daniels' look? I mean, is this is this the most is this the youngest Jeff Daniel? It's the youngest I've ever seen him. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's so striking because he's 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 kind of looks very different now. I think. Um, yeah, no, he, he he looks great. I, I love his. I mean, his button down yuppie, like eighties yuppie look at the beginning is kind of standard. But mm-hmm. later on, when he goes for his series of makeovers over the course of the movie, they get more and more entertaining. Until yeah. by by the end, he literally <laughs> looks like Bart Simpson, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought the uh, the black eye really suited him. Yeah. Suddenly, when he had that black eye, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, some people suit looking like they've been beaten up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought his physical comedy in this movie was. I mean, we're about to get to the prom scene, which is a highlight of that. But like his whole physical comedy in the whole movie was really, really good. Mm. Like I think this must be one of the things because he's mostly known as like a drama actor. But then obviously, when he did Dumb and Dumber, then he became a famous comedian as well. But like, I can only imagine that this is the film that made people realize, oh. we I mean, the Dumb and Dumber people maybe, like, oh, this guy can be really funny, like physically funny in that way you'd need to be to go toe-to-toe with Jim Carrey in a movie. So, yeah, I was I really enjoyed him in this. Yeah, he, he does the physical comedy and also the, the I, I think that this is a character that uh, I guess 
in a different decade would have been played by someone like Ben Stiller, where they're just mm. very manic and very worried about everything. And and he's doing that here. He's got a little bit of Woody Allen, a little bit of Ben Stiller, where he's just uh, constantly complaining and freaking out, but then going along with everything so that the movie mm. can happen. So I thought he was really good at it, too. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, usually when I think Jeff Daniels, I think adult, middle-aged Jeff Daniels, who's just more filled up mm. and, and just more serious, like an adult a responsible adult and this was the complete opposite so that was that was great yeah, he's so boyish in this yeah yeah uh so so they get to the the dance the the reunion and uh mm-hmm. and they meet with uh you know she meets with with people that recognize her and uh mm-hmm. but then what they were not expecting is that jeff daniels charlie was also going to find somebody that recognizes him there because <laughs> one of uh Audrey's well, Lulu's. I, I think by now we know that her real name is Audrey. You found out when they were at, yeah, at yeah, mom. at some point, yeah. Find I think out if, when she introduces herself to her, to her mom. Right. Oh yes, she says at the door. Actually, that's yeah. really funny. She says that the, she knocks on the door and she says, "By the way, my real name's name's Audrey." <laughs> so it's yeah. so it's, <laughs> really just throws it at him, and he's like, "Okay." <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, one of Audrey's uh, classmates is married to the guy that does accounting on uh, on Charlie's firm uh, on his firm. And uh, Larry, yeah, yeah, he he freaks out. He because the guy recognizes him, comes to talk to him. He he tries to hide the fact that he's there with Melanie Griffith, and uh, mm. but she's having none of it. And she, I'll, yeah, she introduces himself she, herself and uh, even calls him out. I, I, this is one of my favorite scenes because he's mentioned before that he can't use uh, all he has is cash to to, to use mm. because he, the company credit cards can't be used because you know then somebody in accounting would ask. Why was he spending money in a in a cheap motel in New Jersey or whatever? And uh, mm-hmm. and she brings that up in front of the guy. She's like, "Oh, this is the guy from accounting. <laughs> this is the guy that would be wondering why you were using a company card." <laughs> She's such a cow, but it's so funny. Yeah, it's such a it's such a dick move, but it's so hilarious. I just love how she just he's yeah he's really flustered and trying to be like, "Oh yeah, this this is a friend of mine from way back in the day." And she just goes, "I'm his lover." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's like, we had to marry after after I got pregnant. She said, well, because of the child, we yeah. had to get married. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy's reaction is just so good. The guy from accounting goes from just being like, oh, yeah, I work with this guy, to being in awe of Jeff Daniels for yeah. for having <laughs> scored <laughs> a hot wife. Mm-hmm. And then once it's revealed that they were, uh, you know, because Melanie Griffith mentions the thing about the hotel in New Jersey uh, and Jeff Daniels talking about paying for it with the company credit card the guy goes oh man you should have told me we could have figured that out yeah he's a bit of a sleaze himself and then he's got this like very mousy wife who just looks horrified by the entire conversation it's great yeah uh but that's uh, so this is i I guess where the the where where the happiness peaks this is right before Mm. ray liotta is introduced because they're they're having a great Mm -hmm. time they have an amazing dance uh, this dance sequence was so much fun. I loved oh, it. it. Was great. <laughs> His white man moves. Jeff Daniels' white man moves. <laughs> but I also really noticed, and this must be this. I'm sure this is deliberate because I know Jonathan Demme, as a director, does is very detailed and is very much a music man. It's like Jeff Daniels is doing his white man moves, which are bad but very entertaining. But then all the other dance, there's other dancers in the shot who are like really good dancers. There's like another couple who are like amazing dancers. And it's just such a funny contrast to have them just in the background dancing incredibly well and like syncopated. And then you've got Jeff Daniels flinging himself. It's so funny. But having so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Having a great time. Like, like I said, physical comedy. It's a great physical comedy bit. Yeah. Uh, they dance and then he goes to uh, get her a drink 
and he meets another of her classmates who I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys recognize her. Uh, I didn't at first, but this is Jeff Goldblum's wife in Independence Day. Oh, okay. I didn't, but I I was like, wow, I know it's way too early for it to be here, but this girl looks so much like Rachel Hunter, (laughs) you know, from Muriel's Wedding and Six Feet Under and all that stuff. Like, I was like, wow, that looks like Rachel Hunter. Uh, No, Jeff Goldblum's wife. Rachel Griffith, sorry, Rachel Griffith. Yeah, uh, Nate's wife. Nate's wife in Six Feet Under, yeah. Niche reference, but uh, yeah, I was like, God, that looks like her. (laughs) But I knew it wasn't her because it's like, she would have been about 15 when this movie came out, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she she kind of flirts with him. He he gently mm-hmm. uh, puts her down, says that he's there with uh, with Audrey. Uh, and then shortly after, they're still, I think they're, they're in the, on the dance floor again. And uh, this mm-hmm. girl shows up with Ray Liotta, who's mm-hmm. dancing with her and who seems to know Audrey. And uh, Liotta... To me, that was probably the biggest shock of the movie because I mean I've seen Ray Liotta in in, in Goodfellas. I mean he's mm-hmm. that's classic Liotta. That's what I think of as classic Liotta. And you know he mm-hmm. it's not like he looks too different from how he looks in this movie, and yet he looks yeah, very only different. a couple of years apart, right? <laughs> the, yeah, the intensity. Of, I think that the intensity of youth is what comes across in this movie because he's just so young and so, but he still looks very much like Ray Liotta. And I remember that just throwing me off just i'm like i don't know like has ray liotta always looked like ray liotta just you know you can tell sometimes that he's a little younger but he like the eyes the the attitude the energy was was very much was very liotta um i don't know where would you i know you were talking about how the harry the the black eye on jeff daniels kind of did it for you but uh, how, how does ray liotta's old black uh outfit here how does that work for you it was uh yeah it was a it was a pleasant surprise like oh it's Ray Liotta he's in this wow he looks way better now it, w- sorry way better in this than it does now well sure I mean it did it's thirty years Harry that happens to but, people but yeah. yeah but he's had like a dodgy plastic surgery. he does he does he has had some quite dodgy plastic surgery I mean yeah. as has Melanie Griffith sadly but uh, anyway let's not dwell on that I have to say though I love these I love this character introduction and I lo- the lighting in this scene was amazing it's so clever because they're on the dance floor having that really fun dance with Melanie Griffith and. Uh, Jeff Daniels and it's really bright and fun and then suddenly the lights go off and then Ray Liotta just kind of shimmies into the shot and it's like <laughs> darkness descends on the movie it's mm. so good it, it's not subtle but it's really good <laughs> yeah he's uh yeah there's no subtlety about <laughs> Ray Liotta in this no. movie <laughs> mm-hmm. so he spooks her he uh Audrey mm. decides that they're gonna leave that's it Jeff Daniels Charlie completely oblivious. He doesn't even notice what we all noticed, which is that this guy's bad news. And uh yeah, well, she's clearly unhappy to see him. Yeah, so the he tries to take off, or she tries to take off. They f- somewhat follow them even though they drive away. Eventually their her car dies or her car doesn't start and then Ray Liotta mm-hmm. and uh and Jeff Goldblum's wife from Independence Day <laughs> catch up to them. And uh and they end up deciding that they're going to go have drinks together. Even though she's she's not so sure, Audrey's not so sure about it. Ray Liotta talks Charlie into it. It's like, hey, it's gonna be fun, and and uh, by then I think it's it's clear that Charlie's been drinking enough that he's he's just uh, he's gonna go along with it. He's anything. up for anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a very suggestible person. That's something we very much take away from this movie. <laughs> I mean, the, the movie's kind of showing you right, and the 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 dangers, the good things that can come out of 
something like this and the bad things, right? It's one thing to go and be spontaneous with Audrey, with Melanie Griffith, and have great sex and have fun adventures and all the stuff. And then what happens when you are spontaneous with somebody like Ray Liotta, who is, uh, whose idea of fun is is robbing convenience stores and <laughs> carrying a gun and just being being nasty. And on top of that, of course, you know he has the ulterior motive of of just being uh, Audrey's ex. That's that's what we find out soon enough. But they go into uh, they go to buy alcohol. The first time around, like they leave Leota and Jeff Daniels, they stay in the car while the the two girls go to the store. And so we get this uh, in the store. Audrey and and the other girl are talking, and basically that's where we find out that yeah, this guy is as bad news as we thought he was. You know, she's asking about how, when he was released and why wasn't she warned, etc. Uh, meanwhile, in the car. Ray Liotta and, and Jeff Daniels are having this, I guess, man-to-man talk where uh, Riola is asking... Very sinister man-to-man <laughs> yeah, talk. But, yeah. but, but Charlie is oblivious. Again, he doesn't realize <laughs> how... How much danger he's in. Yeah, yeah <laughs> until Liotta goes like, well, man, I really want you to tell me how she is in bed. And then there's this pause, mm. and Daniels goes, hey, there's, there's no need for talk like that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> there's like an awkward silence, and then they both laugh, and it's, it's all back to normal. And then uh, when they come back, the four of them are together, and Leota's like, oh, I forgot to get cigarettes. It sends the girl out, uh, the other girl out to get cigarettes, and then drives off without her. So now it's just the three Lisa, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Then they, they go, they park at a, another convenience store. So he goes in with Jeff Daniels, and that's where we see that he has a gun. <laughs> he mm-hmm. does the, the classic move of sticking the gun, or showing us he has a gun sticking down the front of his pants. And... Uh, mm-hmm. They go into the convenience store. Jeff Daniels by now has devolved into a complete idiot. And I'm assuming that part mm, of it's he, the alcohol. He's clearly hammered at this point. Yeah. Now, so. <laughs> I guess Leota points at the at the cameras, the security cameras, and he's like, hey, man, you're on TV. Why don't you give a speech? And uh, and Charlie starts giving the speech, just talking. I don't know. He's he's thanking the Academy. And, and while he's yes. doing this, <laughs> Ray Leota robs the, the store. He, he pulls the gun. Mm. He, uh, steals money from the register and uh, by the time that Jeff Daniels notices I mean it's too late like it's it's just escalated the the attendant mm-hmm. is, is on the floor he's being hurt and they get into a scuffle Melanie Gri- Melanie Griffith sees it from the car runs into the store it's it's a mess it, Leota has his gun mm-hmm. out and basically at gunpoint he takes uh Charlie and Audrey back into the car and then they drive into I don't know a, a really scary motel where he, I guess he's staying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Basically the motel from Psycho. It's, <laughs> it's essentially that vibe. Yeah, it's like there's shadows and there's people, uh, sinister people outside and then you can hear across the walls the the mm. other couples, I guess. And, uh, and and now we're just like in the nightmarish part of the movie where uh, they're basically hostages to this maniac with a mm. gun and he reveals that he, he knows Jeff Daniels' backstory because when they were at the at the dance, when they were at the high school reunion, the accounting guy very casually mentioned to Ray Liotta that, yeah, uh, Jeff Daniels, he's, he's bounced back pretty well because nine months ago, his wife left him, took the kids and left him with her dentist. So mm. Ray Liotta knows that there's more to Charlie than... Uh, than he's projecting, right? That he's not just like. And Audrey is so angry about this, and it's it's. I understand that like he's he's been un- dishonest with her to a degree, but also like she's not been entirely honest at all. 
and it's it's like if anything this lie makes him less of a skis yeah like he's not he's not the kind of guy who is actually cheating on who's like happily married and cheating on his his wife with some random woman he's actually single which makes it more acceptable so it's funny to me that she's so angry yeah the lie doesn't actually affect her at all it's it's not really any of her business if he's married or not yeah (laughs) unlike her lie which affects him a lot because it turns out that she's married to Reliota, and that's how Reliota says i know that you you're not married to this guy because they would have brought me divorce papers to to prison yeah her lie almost gets him killed like so she's a bit of a hypocrite really right i mean in the end he he's been just driving around with this guy's wife it doesn't justify mm. leota's behavior but it's still you know you can see how he would be mad so they have this this really tense conversation where all the the truth comes out for on all sides and uh and then yeah she audrey seems to be so upset about the entire situation and and uh charlie's lie that she just says look you, you just go leave us mm-hmm. here and uh i think there's a degree that she's also as much as she is angry i think she's also saving his life because she knows that really otter will kill him so that's what she keeps like diminishing saying like oh i just met him yesterday he's just literally some guy he's not even worth the effort like i think she is in her way also making sure that he can get out safely yeah i, I think that uh, uh you're right john that there's there's a little bit of that and a little bit of this because yeah she is definitely hamming it up so that he can get out of there because he's because Ray Liotta's dangerous. Uh, but later in the mm-hmm. movie we see that she was truly upset about the lie. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So so I think it's it's a little bit of both. But uh, but yeah he ends up doing what uh, what they want him to, which is just leaving them. He escapes the motel from hell, runs mm-hmm. to the car, and then drives off. And does he? Does he just go to bed? Like, he, does he sleep in the car and then the next morning he goes and buys himself new clothes? Is that what happens? Yeah, he sleeps in the car and then we get one of my other favorite sequences in the movie up there with the dance scene is just the sequence of him. It's a, like a 10 minute sequence of him basically stalking them, following <laughs> yes. them, uh, while having these increasingly ridiculous costume changes with these hideous <laughs> clothes that he's buying in these like out of town, you know, like gift tourist destination gift shop kind of things. It's, 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 it's really funny. It's it's hard to describe on a podcast, but it's just again, it's the physicality of him just getting undressed in the middle of a shop and just putting yeah. on these really silly clothes that contrast so much with what he was wearing before. It's just I liked the scene where he was in one of the shops that was like across the street from where they were or something, and he was like sort of squinting his eyes to try and see them. Yeah, and then looks down. He's just standing next to a table of binoculars. Like, oh great. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, one of the attendants, one of the guys that helps him at one of the stores. Uh, He's been mm. super helpful because he's like, okay, yeah, you need a shirt and you need new shorts and you need a hat and all this stuff. And yeah, he's on commission. He's he's upselling. Like, <laughs> yes. yeah. But then at some point, uh, Jeff Daniels is, you know, half naked in the middle of the store because he's mm. changing. And the guy looks at him and he's like, hey, try to be cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bit late for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he, so at some point he decided that he wasn't leaving. Because uh, I don't think that that was his plan from the beginning. But, you know, after he left the hotel, he realized that, no, he, he wants to keep tabs on them. So he follows them kind of incognito, changes his appearance and follows them first to another place where they're staying, another hotel. And then eventually at a diner uh, at night or he, he feels like it's it's his, the perfect time for him to to rescue uh, Audrey because... There's a, a police officer that parks and goes into the diner, and now he's sitting. He's at a table nearby, so so Charlie figures he can go make his move, and Ray Liotta's not gonna try anything because there's a there's a police officer there, uh, 
So so here they have to, that scene that uh, one of you, I think John, referenced where it's just the, the two men discussing Audrey's fate. And she's just kind of sitting there mm. going like, well, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Daniels sits at the at their booth and goes, uh, and he says, well, I decided I want Audrey and I'm taking her. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're arguing over the, over the car. It's like she's just an object that they're arguing about at this point. Yeah. He does everything but throw her over his shoulder and walk out. You know? <laughs> Hello? Yes. Sorry, we had another little disconnect there. So we were talking about Melanie Griffith. Um, yeah, he, he decides that he wants her. Yeah, so so did you... It, it, I know... I mean, to me, this is where the movie it kind of... I wouldn't say it lost me, but that, this is where I, I see the big divide. Uh, and yeah, after this, it's kind of a generic thriller a little bit. Yeah, it, it, but also it, it just... Uh, I, I think it marks what, what Harry was saying earlier, that this is where Melanie Griffith's character just seems to lose... All agency. She has a moment later on where she yells at uh, mm. Jeff Daniels, but she really. Uh, I remember feeling disappointed the first time around, and and just kind of, I guess, the point also this on this rewatch that she wouldn't speak up more in this in this big chromatic scene. I mean, it's all designed to make Charlie look like a hero, right? Because he came in and he basically mm. drops the mic in front of Ray Liotta. He tells him, "I'm taking her." There's a cop there. You can't do anything. And also you're paying for the check. And then they leave. And uh, it just felt like uh, I, I appreciate it as a big moment for the Charlie character. But it felt like it was such a disservice to to Audrey. Especially because she, she never gets to bounce back to being interesting again in, in, through the rest yeah, of the movie. Yeah, so that, that's kind of the... For her in the movie, she, she really doesn't have a lot more to do at, at this point other than be the damsel, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Uh, now, Leota, I mean, you know, his 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 reaction to to all of this is it's awesome. He's just seething mm. and he's smiling. He's like, Charlie, I didn't know you had it in you, but I will get you. <laughs> I love. Yeah, I I I, I really liked really awesome in this because same. I know him from like Goodfellas and gangster movies and stuff, and like he's not a million miles away from that character here, but he's so much more animated than I. I always think of him maybe unfairly as someone who's a bit one note. But he really is so intense in this film. And this scene, I think he plays the comedy and the scariness both really, really well. Yeah, I totally agree. Did you guys feel like this was going to backfire, though? Like the cops, like he was getting, like Charlie was getting too comfortable and the, the cop was going to leave? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really thought he'd overplayed his hand a bit. So, But I like no, the way that... I, it... I absolutely didn't. I, oh, really? I, I really believed that, like, oh, he is, he is so in control of this scene. And yeah. like that, that was the current development sort of mm. moment like he's not being in control for the whole film up until this point mm. and then he sits down and he he know like because well, he stalked them for a day or two hasn't he yeah yeah, so yeah then when he sees them there with the police and he sits down he's like i i've got all the cards right now yeah and i know it it's I'm a very satisfying scene it's great yeah, yeah. and ray Liotta's reaction is very and, and when he's then when they leave and then ray Liotta's stuck because he has to pay the bill and he can't make a scene <laughs> because he's got cops watching him but also he's got no wallet so he can't pay the bill which yeah. is kind of a mirror of what Melanie Griffith does to Jeff Daniels earlier in the movie in another Chinese restaurant. It's just, yeah, it's a very funny scene and very satisfying. So. Yeah, they leave, they take his car. <laughs> so he's, he's, mm, yeah, they take everything from him. Yeah, yeah, take his wallet, they take his car, and uh, they drive off, 
And at some point, Melanie Griffith stops and tells Jeff Daniels, okay, now get out, you liar. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, she's still so salty that he's not married with kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has, uh, he has this big moment where he explains that he still wears a ring because that way he doesn't have to, I guess, face the fact that his, his marriage fell apart and that, you know, he's sorry he lied, but you know what? She lied too. And then, and mm-hmm. then I guess that that's really what, what does it. They don't really have a, a further conversation about everything that has happened. They just get back in the car and they drive back to New York. They don't have time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says that she's not ready to go back to, to go back to her apartment. And he says, well, you can stay mm-hmm. at my place. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Ray Liotta, luck would have it, he uh, he's recognized. He's still stuck at the diner, but uh, one mm-hmm. of the the store attendants from from a while back recognizes him. Uh, I don't remember mm-hmm. what he had gone to buy at, at, at her store, but he re- she recognizes him. Uh, she obviously has a crush on him. He waves her in. I guess she pays the bill, the the restaurant bill, mm-hmm. gets him out of there. <laughs> then they they go back to his hotel room. He grabs his stuff, tells her to wait for him there. <laughs> He's never coming back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, and uh, and then sets off to find uh, Jeff Daniels and uh, and Millie Griffith. He's He's using the this little booklet that they were giving everybody at the at the high school reunion that had everybody's personal information. Oh yes, this was, yeah, that was a that was a huge check. I was going like, oh yeah, just write down your your address back home. That's fine. We we're collecting this from, for all um, non-school people. Why? Why would they need that information? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what happened before Facebook uh, existed. Sure, yeah, just just write down your address and phone number. Sure. <laughs> But yeah, he that that thing turns out to be their undoing uh, as far as uh, Charlie and Audrey because they're they're back at uh, Charlie's place. He puts Melanie Griffith to bed as a, as if to mm-hmm. you know to underscore the fact that she's lost all agency. <laughs> yeah, she's just yeah <laughs> like this, sleeping at this. This point. is my movie now, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's sleeping in the car uh, on a chair. He's falling asleep on a chair when. Ray Liotta breaks in in full uh, slasher movie mode. He breaks through mm. a through a window or through a, a glass door, and uh, mm. I, I guess he already has his knife out at this point. This is a very brutal fight scene. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah it's not. Very yeah, tense. it's not what you would expect from this movie at this point. Which you know, no, the movie hasn't told you it's going to go in this direction at all. Like, there's been it's it's somewhat violent earlier when Ray Liotta beats up Jeff Daniels in the motel, but this takes it to a next. This is a really like almost Tarantino-y style, very bloody, very tense fight scene. It's great. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, it gets nasty. He uh, he mm-hmm. he quickly overpowers Jeff Daniels and uh, handcuffs him to the sink, to the pipes underneath the sink in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same handcuffs that. Audrey had used on him back when they had sex the first time. Oh yeah, those handcuffs have seen some action these past few days. <laughs> and then he assaults Audrey, and he has her pinned uh, on the bed, and uh, he's she's screaming for for Charlie. Leota screaming, you know, for Charlie, kind of like telling him, "Hey, I I got your girl here," mm-hmm. and Charlie somehow manages to kind of incredible Hulk his way out of the of the bathroom. He rips the pipe off. And uh, slips the the handcuffs off the pipes, and then runs into the bedroom and uses those handcuffs to to strangle Ray Liotta. 
and uh mm-hmm. it looks like that's gonna be it like i i thought that that was the the end i was like okay you know he's gonna he's just either gonna knock him out this way or kill him but then leota manages to get out of that situation and the, and the fight continues back into the bathroom where audrey joins them they he uh leota is like knocking one down knocking another one out he has his knife out oh he i think he breaks or 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 he he does something to uh Jeff Daniels' arm, he pulls on the handcuffs. He has him, like, pinned against the floor with his foot on his chest, and then he's pulling on the handcuffs, and uh, and something in one of, of, of Charlie's arms snaps. <laughs> like, if he had been Tarantino, you would have seen the bones sticking out. But here, it's just, like, oh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a snap. And then, yeah, Charlie's down for the count, or so we think. Then Leota is attacking Audrey, like, in the bathtub. And, uh, but... Leota's knife is on the floor, so Charlie crawls and grabs the knife, stands up with the knife, holding it in a really oh, this awkward is so way. Choreographed, yeah. <laughs> mm. I, this, I, I didn't, I didn't like this. It was so weird. Like yeah. he runs onto the like Ray Liotta runs. It's it, obviously it's so that we don't want the movie doesn't want it to end with Jeff Daniels as a killer. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So he has to like Ray Liotta has to kind of awkwardly run into the knife and stab himself, and then he just kind of sadly shuffles off to die like a <laughs> wounded dog it's so funny <laughs> he looks at himself in the mirror and uh and fixes his hair yeah it's so i mean it's kind of cool but it's just so weird and mm. underwhelming it's like oh cut, he's dead yep. like i'm like he probably could have survived that injury you know, it's, <laughs> he got stabbed in the stomach it's not great but you know he seems it's like as soon as he gets stabbed he's like oh well i'm dead that's it that's the end of me like I mean, the just, problem was he pulled the knife out oh okay if you get stabbed, you're, you're forced to leave it in because it like hems the blood or something. I guess true, yeah. But it just it, it's just very funny the way it was played out. Yeah, the way it's staged is so weird because uh, you're right. I mean, one, it's it's clear that they don't want us to, they don't want Charlie to be a murderer. They want it to be an accident slash self defense. But also, sure, the movie holds on on their close ups for a while as if they want you yeah. to wonder who got stabbed. Mm, yeah yeah it, it, which is like well, yes. we know who was holding the knife we saw it there was a close-up of that <laughs> <laughs> and you're not about to finish the film where the oh. main happy character gets stabbed to death and the bad guy wins yeah it's definitely not that kind of film <laughs> like, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was a weird choice of the film uh but yeah leota dies and then we just cut to i guess the aftermath where uh mm. uh jeff daniels is being looked at at an ambulance and uh, the police are taking uh audrey's statement she comes clean they're treating it as a home invasion. So they're asking Charlie, mm-hmm. hey, did you know this guy? And then Audrey steps up and says, oh, he was my ex-husband. Which which paints a completely different picture then. You know, I mean, if I'm a cop, I'm like, okay, this was not... I mean, this was a home invasion, but there was very much a motive. This guy was sleeping with that guy's mm-hmm. wife. <laughs> the guy went crazy. Mm-hmm. So... So that's so. Then they part ways. The, the cops take her, not because they're gonna arrest her, but like they say, they tell Jeff Daniels, "This is just so that they can get more information." And he stays with the with the medics. And uh, next time we see him, he is uh, he's packing up his office. He's ready to go. And did you guys think that he had gotten fired? Um, yeah, I wasn't sure what to make yeah, of this scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. Although I kind of thought that, yeah, the movie might end with him changing his life. You know, that's okay. he's learning a lesson about himself. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, it, it sounds like he quit. Like, uh, I guess he was mm. he was trying to be spontaneous and, and continue to be wild and uh, and quit. Mm. But I remember the first time watching it, I thought that he had gotten fired because, you know, he had been he had taken off work for all those days and he'd used 
I mean, yeah, he justifiably could have been fired. He's, he's misspent company <laughs> yeah. money. He's dropped out of a meeting, you know, on the day. So, yeah, it could have gone either way. But I think he says something. I think the, the Larry guy, the other guy who he met at the prom, says something like, can't we change your mm-hmm. mind? Which implies that he made the choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess the, the, that guy, the, the accounting guy, helped him out and uh, covered yeah, up yeah, his yeah, tracks. Sure, yeah. <laughs> mm. And then, yeah, and then you think that that's it, that, that, that you know, he's never going to see Audrey again because he goes looking for her. And uh, she's moved out. She's no longer at that apartment. And then uh, he goes to, much like the beginning, he's at a diner. And uh, he leaves after paying the check, except that the, I guess, the owner or the waitress comes after him and tells him that uh, that he didn't pay. And he's mm-hmm. trying to explain that, no, I did leave money there. And then he looks behind the, the waitress, and there's Audrey standing there. No wig. She's looking mm-hmm. like like she did back home. And uh, she's had kind of a My Fair Lady makeover at this point. I was going to say, she looks like Kate Winslet in Titanic. <laughs> it's the big hat, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I thought of Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. But yeah, she's, she's become very much the lady now compared to before. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she, she holds up a $5 bill, which is what he said he had left on the table. So, obviously. So, he did pay for his bill. And then she, she took the money, I guess, to to get him in trouble, to have a second meet cute. And, uh, and yeah, the, the lady, the, the waitress, takes the money and, and leaves him alone. And they, they reconnect. And they, uh, I guess, go on to uh, bigger and better things to have a life together, to try to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys? Do you guys foresee? And maybe this is what you're going to answer with your sequels. But do you foresee this relationship uh, going the distance? Um, I do. Yeah. See, I don't. I, I think it's very much a moment in time. But I mean, we can talk about that when we get to our sequel. But I, I, I mean, it seems more like this is a, a wild weekend that. Uh, I mean, I know he does decide that he loves her, but I don't know how well, compatible they are in the long run. I think if it's a moment in time, then I think it's definitely more likely that it's going to stick. Okay. Um, because his normal life is like the normal vanilla life. You know, he works mm-hmm. in an office, he's got a promotion and that sort of thing. And it's mm-hmm. very standard. So, yeah, it would fit that he uh, that that they would stay together. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess for me, it's, there's a scene where Ray Liotta says she's not going to be satisfied just living in a, you know, whatever, a semi-detached house in the suburbs, whatever he says. Like, do, are yeah, they but, that compatible in the long term? I yeah, don't but like maybe she was so, so wild mm. uh, because she never had anything close to that sort of life. Sure, yeah, that kind of thing. Clearly, Ray Liotta was never going to give her that. So, like, yeah. like maybe she's from a background where she has to steal cars and rob shops to... Sure. Uh, to I mean, to, her mum's house seemed nice, but sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> But also, how connected was she to her mum? Like, she's yeah. saying, like, I got married last September. It's June now. Here's, yeah. here's my husband. And, like... Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have to talk about the very last scene, though. Yes. Because that, this made me smile. This made me smile so much. <laughs> I can't remember the last time a movie just delighted me so much just with its last... The choice of the last scene, where out of nowhere, they drive off into the sunset. You think, great, credits roll. And then it cuts back to the waitress who mm-hmm. kind of yelled at him. And then she just starts rapping a reggae version of Wild Thing, yeah. like direct, breaking the fourth wall direct to camera and the credits were all over. I was like, what a fabulous fun ending. I loved it. She does the whole song too. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. It's not just a little moment. It's like, it's a full performance. And apparently this, she's a quite well-known reggae singer called Sister Carol. And apparently she's been in like four or five Jonathan Demme films. So like, he's a big music man. Like the, the band, the feelies that are the promo also of like his favorite band. So I think he obviously makes very conscious music choices and like, reuses people but it was, it was really charming it really elevated the end for me yeah i remember the first time i watched the movie i uh immediately as soon as i was done i downloaded the the song 
like her version of Wild Things. Yeah, it's a great version. Yeah, the, I mean, of all the like seventeen versions of Wild Thing we hear in the film, <laughs> hers is my favorite. So. <laughs> but yeah, so so that is that is Wild Things. It was it was a wild time. It was. I really enjoyed this movie. I, I had a really good time of it. So uh, great suggestion. Thank you, Julio. You you never fail us. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I. So I'm I'm really curious about the sequels, but but I guess you guys do uh, drinking games first, right? Yeah, Absolutely. let's kick off the drinking games first. Uh, do you, Harry, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So the first drinking game I've got is drink whenever you find out the truth of a lie. Oh, yeah, I had that drink every time someone lies. Or yeah, yeah so. I, that that's a heavy yeah. one. <laughs> I have the same thing. Drink for lies. Great. I guess if you watch it the second time and do that drinking game, you'll be absolutely <laughs> sozzled because you'll know when everyone's lying. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Lulu. Drink. <laughs> Cool. Uh, Julio, what's your first um, one? I have a drink every time Charlie does something you wouldn't do. Yeah, again, I had a drink every time Charlie is highly suggestible. Like he, just, he just seems like very much like he's a... It's like that movie Yes Man that Jim Carrey was in. Just, it's, it's like he's just oh, decided yeah. he's going to say yes to everything. And yeah. why not? Like his life is boring. So, yeah. Well, I've got drink when she's a bad influence or ruins his good life. <laughs> sure. I mean, all th- what, does she not kind of save his life in the end, though? You know, from mundanity. <laughs> I don't know, but sometimes... Yeah. You know, his life before she came into it, it reminds me of uh, Neo from The Matrix. Sure. Like his life as like Mr. Anderson or whatever beforehand. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the life that I'm sort of striving towards. <laughs> like the pre... You're, you're, you're striving for the boring life. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, that yeah that's, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to get to. Okay. And yeah, I'm, I'm getting pretty close to it. So come back to me in 15 years and we'll uh, we'll see if uh, I'm, I'm ready to be welcome to the real world or <laughs> would you eat the red pill or the blue pill yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think that, that sort of vanilla lifestyle that's gonna be that's, that's where i'm going you want to get there before <laughs> anybody rescues you from it i mean you can't be rescued from that life if you haven't achieved it yet that's good point a good point yeah because if somebody does come and try and rescue me from it now i'll be like oh that's a bit it's a bit wild no no, no thank you no. <laughs> i've got i've got telly to watch i've got bills to pay <laughs> come back in 10 years i also have a uh i also have a drink for uh for stealing or irresponsible spending oh yes that's a good one mm, definitely mm. Uh, i had a drink every time someone is driving without a seat belt oh yeah i've got a drink for bad driving you could also say drink for not looking at the road <laughs> yeah this we've had a lot of this in this has been a feature obviously of the road trip season it, it, this movie more than any other really gave me anxiety though just like mm-hmm. the combination of the drunk driving and the crazy driving with the clear lack of seatbelt wearing which is like oh jeff it's, daniels you're gonna die it's when people don't look at the road when they're driving that's what really panics me mm-hmm. no matter what the film yeah yeah it always gets me okay so next one i've got is Drink what they drink. Drink Ooh. what they drink. That's yeah, always a classic. Or more drink what she drinks. Like this. Yeah, she's constantly, yeah. yeah. She definitely has some issues with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> constantly <laughs> sipping for that. <laughs> it's a good one. I had one, and this is a very dangerous one that may kill you, so I don't really recommend trying this. Drink every time Melanie Griffith says the word Charlie. <laughs> right. Yes, she says his yeah. name so much. Sure. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. You lied to me, Charlie. Like, <laughs> I feel like in movies people say each other's names way more than in real life yeah i don't think you say a person's full name very often in life like, well i think also in a film that it needs to remind you who's who true yeah 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 sure <laughs> but yeah no this one did do it a lot but she definitely says charlie every other <laughs> word so <laughs> yeah with uh with ray liotta they didn't even want to bother they named him ray oh yeah look who's just called yeah ray. that's great yeah. i love it when actors are just called the same thing as yeah. their character yeah <laughs> also julio that's that also happens in the father like anthony hopkins is playing a guy called anthony 
<laughs> well, he's earned it by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wants to be Anthony. He can be Anthony. Um, okay. My, my last one is uh, drink whenever the music makes you go, what is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a couple of music. I drink every time there's a different version of Wild Thing, obviously. Oh, yeah, my, I, I had that too. And a drink, and also drink uh, for reggae, because there's lots of reggae music in the first half, which is lots of fun, and at the end. But yeah, the music, again, it's a very Jonathan Demme thing. He's very into his music. It's it's all really cool and interesting and like distinctive stuff. Like It's, it's not just throwaway background noise. It's really good. Yeah, when they're in the, in the high school reunion, and uh, mm. at some point, some guy starts singing in Spanish. It's the same oh, band. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I don't, about that band, The Feelies, I, I read that they're like Jonathan Demme's favorite band, but I don't know much about them. And they, they seem very eclectic from the music that, <laughs> that they're playing at this thing. But then the whole prom was weird because I found it really funny. I forgot to mention this earlier. The prom, it's their 10-year reunion, apparently. So I guess that would make Melanie Griffith about 25, 26, 27-ish, which tr- tracks, I guess. The other dancers at the prom really seemed to me to range between 17 and 47. Like... <laughs> It's a real mixed batch in the crowd. It really tickled me just watching like extras who were like some who like looked like, you know, early thirties, late twenties kind of people at a school reunion. Other ones like balding, middle-aged, like, what are you doing here? Those are the teachers. Some of them will probably have been teachers. Yeah. But it, it, it was like, it was a real mixed bag. It, it was something I really noticed. Like, um, I, I, That's it for me. I mean, I have awesome dancing, but I don't think that that was a, a drinking game. That was just me making a note. An observation that there is a lot of awesome dancing. I've also got to drink for anything that is technically littering. Sure. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. <laughs> there, there is a lot of just like throwing, like throwing a pager out the window. Or oh yeah, just... some of the some of that would not fly today. Some of no. the approach to just like yeah. <laughs> it it always reminded me of uh, what I what I think of as the best scene of Green Book. Uh huh. Um, when uh, he throws like a paper cup out the, out the window. Oh yeah, and he makes him pick yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good scene. <laughs> Uh, okay, so my last one is it's another one that might get you quite drunk, but uh, drink for a costume change. Oh, yeah. All with the, with the possible exception of Ray Liotta, I don't know if he changes, but Melanie Griffith and Jeff Daniels both go through a series of costume changes in this movie, at least five each. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Liotta is the only one that doesn't uh, really, I guess, reimagine himself as a, yeah, as he's a pretty new consistent. person. But some yeah. of the some, the outfit journey that Jeff Daniels goes on is so good. It starts with like the very boring eighties yuppie suit, and then it's then he gets that really trashy suit that he gets from that store, and then he then he goes into the his Bart Simpson phase. It's it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, should we move on? Should we move on to sequels? Yeah. Oh, do you want to do your little spiel? Yeah. So, listeners, if you uh, have enjoyed listening to Julio. Well, he comes up. He he has come on what three times before now. This is fourth episode. Yeah, he is the he he is one of many of our Patreon supporters. One of thousands. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, every month we do a Patreon episode where we pick a Patreon, such as Julio. They come, they pick a film for us. We choose, we pitch sequels to it on a main show, and they can guest if they want to, but they don't have to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can do that by going to Patreon.com/slash Beyond the Box Set. Also there, you can get a few other bonus features. For example, our bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we, we review recent releases. God, that sentence gets harder to review say. Review recent releases. You've given yourself a little bit of a <laughs> tongue twister there. Yeah. Review recent releases. Yeah. <laughs> and you can also have extended ep- sorry, extended versions of the main show. You can get more drinking games, more sequels, more listen submissions, just more bang for your buck, basically. So all that is available at patreon.com slash set. Indeed. Right, should we move on to sequels? So how do you want to, are you doing a, who's in the middle of the sandwich? 
Well, that was going to say, well, actually, me and Harry have worked on one together this week. So uh, it's up to you. You can have a go first or second. It's entirely up to you. Uh, I'll go first because you okay. guys are the pros. And that way okay. I don't have to live up to your uh, to your sequel if you go first. Well, that's very kind. I'm sure you'd be great. Okay. But uh, yeah, hit us with mean, a sequel. From memory, your sequels are normally like, Pretty better, good, yeah. better, better than ours. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, I, I actually, in, uh, in true uh, Harry uh, fashion... I have a mm-hmm. I have a tiny sequel that's just the title, and then I have the mm-hmm. real sequel. Sure. So, uh, okay. so I thought you were going to say I've done a list of fifty. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, no, I wish I'd done that. No, no. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly I tried, but I only could come up with one. But I I, I did want to bring it up. Uh, it's called uh, something vile, and Ooh, it would okay, be yeah. yeah, it would be a prequel showing us uh, Ray Liotta's journey. You know, from the moment that he, how he ended up in prison, what his life in prison was like, and and then the end of the movie is him seeing okay. uh, uh, Audrey again at the dance. Ah, like a villain, a villain's backstory, kind of like yeah. the Joker kind of thing. I like that. Yes, yeah, something vile because he's the villain. That's really good. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I tried it as well, going for just things that things that rhymed with it. It didn't go very well. The only one I got was something child. I, I didn't know what to do with it, no. so I just thought it was a child that nobody knew what it was or what to name it, so they just called it the something child. <laughs> Sounds um, like a very sad indie movie. Yeah. <laughs> the something child. So, so I, I didn't go with that. Is he played uh, as, a, as an adult? Is he played by Timothy Chalamet? Of course, <laughs> yes. Um, all right, but uh, my, my actual proper sequel is called Something Mild. Oh, okay. Okay. And and here I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity to kind of rewrite the ending of the movie, uh, okay. that that you know I'm not so crazy about. So something mild opens with Charlie. He wakes up from a nightmare in in a motel, like one of those mm-hmm. cheap hotels motels that they've been sleeping at. And basically, what we realize is that the third act of the movie was just him. He, he dreamed it. All so what happened Very was, Dallas, yeah. yeah, they so they abandoned Ray Liotta at the diner. They took uh-huh. his car. They took his wallet. Mm-hmm. They they were driving. They got the, the little fight. And then they got over it. And they're like, all right, we're going back to New York. But they didn't drive all the way straight to New York. They stopped at a hotel, went to bed. And, uh, and Charlie dreamed the rest of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So in this version, the last time we saw Ray Liotta was when they abandoned him at the, uh, the diner. That's it. Uh, okay. So now they... So they're at this, at this hotel... They both wake up, and uh, they they basically have it out. They 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 talk about this. Charlie doesn't want things to go back to normal. She's because you know she's ready to just whatever. I'm going back to my apartment. And Charlie's like, I I don't want this to end. Mm-hmm. I I want this to continue. I don't want to go back to my life. Let's just keep traveling like we've been doing the past few days. Okay. We have his car. Let's just drive and have adventures we can get film and louisa yeah just keep going no matter what yes yes uh <laughs> basically the, it, it becomes a very low-key crime spree you know they're not okay. bonnie and clyde but they're just <laughs> you know th- they're doing the things that they were doing they're like uh, uh dining and dashing and they're they're stealing from convenience stores but nobody's getting hurt it's never such a big deal that they ever have the police after them sure. or anything you know mm-hmm. uh but it also means that they're constantly just they're living on the fringe they're uh-huh. they don't make enough money to do anything but just stay at cheap motels and eat junk food and then move on right mm-hmm. and uh that's that works for for audrey she's you know that's that's who she is but it starts to wear uh, charlie out because that's mm-hmm. you know that was okay when it was like a weekend a crazy weekend but to to keep up with this lifestyle it's it's not really 
it, that's not him. And, and he slowly starts to realize that even though he doesn't want that to be the case. So while she is thriving, he is his withering. And mm-hmm. uh, he starts, he misses his whole life, right? He misses good meals and a decent bed. And then one night they're having sex and he, he can't even, he can't perform. He, he, which leads mm-hmm. to an anxiety attack and, and a nervous breakdown. It's just, it all comes crashing down. So she ends up having to drive him to, to the hospital, the emergency room. What's going on? You know, and, uh, and the doctor is just, look, it's not like you're not dying, but this is, you need to calm down. You need a healthier lifestyle. To yeah. reduce the stress in your life, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop drinking, eat better, get more sleep. Take a few, uh, take a few weeks off work. Uh, all things that he can't do right now. I mean, he he mm-hmm. burned that bridge a long time ago. That that life is long gone. He can't go back to New York and chill. And uh, mm-hmm. they're in the middle of nowhere. You know, they're middle America in a little town somewhere. But but they try anyway, right? He just stays in their in their cheap hotel room. She goes out, comes back with money every day. Uh, he doesn't tell him how. Uh, how she got it, but which makes him more anxious. So then she's like, "All right, well, if it's gonna help you, your mind, we can settle a little bit." She gets a job at a at a diner, one of those diners that they used to dine and dash in. Uh, she gets a job and uh, just waitressing, just kind of like to get a semblance of of a of a calm routine, and so that he can get better. So they so they basically settle into this this little town, and. Uh, it doesn't really work for Charlie because now he's anxious about different things. Uh, mm-hmm. one, for one, he can tell that this is not what Audrey wants. Like she, he can tell that Audrey is unhappy, uh, but also he can tell that he, he is now she's out there, and she is at her new job. She's surrounded by people that find her attractive and people that are more interesting than Jeff Daniels is right now. Just has she become a working girl? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I should have thought of that. Uh, <laughs> is Harrison Ford going to show up? And... <laughs> well, mm, how old was Harrison Ford at this point? And, and you know, if we were to, well, it doesn't matter because so, if we were making this this movie, we would have to recast everybody. They're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we can wave, we can wave a hand over that. It's fine. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so what the way that Charlie decides to deal with it is like, well, I, I'm just going to be at that diner 24 seven. You know, when she's working, mm. I'm going to be there. He becomes like a fixture. If she's if if uh, Audrey's working, then you know Jeff Daniels is like in a booth there drinking coffee, watching everybody. Mm. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. uh, resenting the fact that she seems to get along with her coworkers and that customers flirt with her and all this. He especially notices there's like a there's a younger waiter, younger than her and younger than him, but it seems to make her laugh a lot. And that he's there only, you know, killing time. He he's there to make some money until he can hit the road again. Uh, so of course, all this stuff just adds to his anxiety. He becomes paranoid. He's like, is she gonna leave me for that guy? So they have a talk. Have another talk. He. He tells her that he tries to to be honest about his feelings and, and kind of tell her, I can tell you're unhappy and that makes me insecure. But things escalate because, yeah, she is frustrated. You know, she's frustrated with, with how he's behaving, with him being insecure. And she's frustrated with the situation that they're stuck in, which is kind of his fault, even though it's not his fault. So it ends up, even though it starts as a, what could have been a productive conversation for this couple, it just... It devolves into an actual fight and they start mm-hmm. just throwing accusations at each other and it basically it's up with her storming off she 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 doesn't spend the night there and uh, uh charlie sta- stays up all night just thinking obsessing about what to do so the next uh, the next day like a good american he goes and gets himself a gun 
that's <laughs> that's gonna oh, that's gonna solve things. <laughs> uh, when when Audrey comes back to the hotel, the motel, Charlie's got them ready to go. He's already packed up everything. Everything's in the car, and he tells her, "Just come with me. You have to trust me." So, mm. so she reluctantly she gets in the car and they start driving. And basically, that's where he tells her the plan. He's like, "We're gonna, we're gonna make it better. We're gonna get back to being alive, like we haven't been for a while now." And mm-hmm. he hands her a mask. He's like, "He has a pair of masks." He's like, "We're just gonna go on on an actual crime spree." He shows her the gun, and he parks at a convenience store, and he just goes in and robs the store. And she's horrified, but at the same time, I mean, she cares enough for him that she doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she like just, horrified, but also a little turned on, maybe. <laughs> well. That's what's going to happen down the line because mm-hmm. it doesn't stop here. You know, his plan is just mm-hmm. like, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing this. And uh, and as they go, she starts getting into it. She mm-hmm. she starts going in at first to protect him, uh, to watch out for him. But then more and more because she actually enjoys it. Right. I mean, this is what she's been missing. Uh, so it's like a role reversal from the first movie. Now he's the one leading her astray a little bit. Right. And it's just reigniting her, her dangerous side. Uh, mm, okay. So they have, you know, they rob a few places. They they make like a decent amount of money compared to what they were doing before. And, uh, you know, it was an adventure. It was like an all-day crime spree and whatever. They, they're they alive. They have sex in the car. And it's like like the good old days. Um, <laughs> they wake up the next day on the side of the road. Uh, mm. And they're ready to just keep going. You know, Charlie's like, all right, well, we, 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 had a pretty, we did a pretty good score. Now we can lay low somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have enough money to to live decently for a while. I feel alive. You feel alive. But Audrey wants to keep going. She's mm-hmm. like, oh well, no, we can't stop now. I mean, and especially because now they've now it's been it's serious enough that obviously people must have called the authorities. There's probably it, even though they were wearing, wearing masks. I mean, you know, odds are that the the cops are are hunting for them. So now she is leading them, and and Jeff Jeff Daniels Charlie is is uh, reluctant about it. But they keep the going. Full circle, yeah. Yeah, and and now of course, well, his anxiety is coming back <laughs> mm-hmm. because now he's he's no longer. It, it was okay for like a, a one-off thing to uh, kind of revive the spark, but not as a thing that they're gonna keep doing for the rest of their lives. Yeah, his blood pressure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so now now he's becoming a liability, and it, so he was. It, it's almost like he turned into Ray Ray Liotta, mm-hmm. you know, for like a day, for a couple days. But now he's back to being himself and in, in worse shape than before. Sure. So so yeah, he has a meltdown in the middle of a robbery, and uh, you know he he just he can't do it anymore. He gets into an argument with Audrey. They start arguing in the middle of a robbery. So of course there is a a, a good Samaritan with a gun right there in the store that sees an opening and just shoots, uh, pulls a gun and shoots at Charlie, hits him. Audrey shoots the guy back, kills him <laughs> right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now now Charlie is in the middle of the store bleeding and uh you know it's like it's it's escalated before beyond their control and so Mm. audrey just looks at him and and tells him okay well you know it's over and she leaves (laughs) oh gosh she she ditches him yeah (laughs) because she's not gonna get caught but she can't keep she can't she can't keep going with him i mean basically that that final argument that they had to blow up before he got shot it, it was it was leading that way where he was telling him he was telling her this can't go on this this is not healthy so mm-hmm. so really she's just saying what they knew already uh-huh. which is it's over but that doesn't mean that she's gonna get caught by the cops right so she mm-hmm. leaves and she's like i'm gonna call an ambulance while i'm on the road and uh 
So next thing we see is Charlie's in prison. And he's uh, uh, they got him for, for all the robberies, for the robberies that, that they committed. But he never gave Audrey up. He just, mm-hmm. you know, even though they pressure him, he, he didn't give her up. And uh, he's just telling the whole story to his cellmate. And uh, ah. he's telling him, uh, man, I, I wish I'd been able to keep up with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the cellmate tells him, well, you know what they say, better to be a live dog than a dead lion. Oh, it goes the full size. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Brings it all back to that. Yeah, that's like the pull quote from the movie. It's yeah. like a little bit of wisdom that he gets from a, yeah. a guy at, at the motel. And then he says at the end, so, oh, that's good. I like the way you brought that back. Yeah, and then and then of course, if you just want to twist the knife a little, like more, like Charlie tells the guy that replies, "Yeah, but what does that mean? I mean, I want can I be a live lion?" Yeah, define it. <laughs> and his his cellmate before walking away just tells him, "Well, you're not." And then he leaves. So a bit of a bummer, but you know what? To me, and I, I, I mean, we'll see how you guys, how you expand on this on your on your sequel. But you know, to me. I'm of the camp that I don't think that that relationship was going to last as much as yeah, I like them same. together. I think that they, mm-hmm. they're a, a, a victim of circumstance in the sense that I think everything that happened amplified their infatuation and, yes. and kind of like stuck them together. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're going to stick together forever. I think yeah. that they don't know each other well enough. So I think the odds are yeah, I think that once they get to know each other, it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that is something, uh, something milder uh, i like that because he, he just something mild. he is actually deep down he's something milder than what she needs and uh, yeah i like that i like that of ending on like an argument in a prison cell that could actually be quite a funny ending it doesn't have to be like really downbeat it could just be like you'd like fade out and them having the arguments about what that quote means <laughs> <laughs> you can have a uh, samuel jackson be the yeah, cellmate really good. having a, a quick yeah, cameo like that, that, yeah like he does That's at the ending. end of uh, out of sight and then we pull out, and then in the next cell over, there's a reggae singer doing a yeah, doing another song <laughs> over their argument. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Cool. I like that a lot, Julio. That's very good. Mm. Fantastic. We will try to uh, live up to that now. Um, so, yeah, as I said, me and Harry, we worked on this one together. So do you want me to just, whisper you jump in with your yeah, bits here? Sure. As well? Yeah, So we'll tell you the title at the end because it's kind of got a bit of a payoff. But basically, we've decided to move it to the present day so it's 30 years later so we, mm-hmm. we can use present age jeff daniels and etc and much like yours we open with the sensation that it didn't work out with him and melanie griffith in fact she's not even mentioned at the beginning of the movie but we see that he's got very much kind of he's single again he's obviously now in his 60s he's kind of very much drifted back into a boring life and I don't know if he's ever managed to get back onto Wall Street because I think he really burnt those bridges but he's probably got like a quite fairly mundane job you know maybe in a store somewhere or some some kind of office job and he's probably like inching towards retirement um so he's in kind of a a slightly lonely place in his life he's, he's not remarried that we can tell he's, he's still single uh and we also discovered that i think one of the i think one of the inciting incidents at the beginning of this movie is that he gets uh, an invite to his daughter's wedding because <laughs> one of his children from his first marriage from before the wife who left him before he met melanie griffith who's now an adult and she invites him but he's unsure on whether or not to go because he actually has had very little relationship with his daughter since they, since his wife took the kids. Like he's not really been able to be present as a father, and it's kind of he feels like maybe he shouldn't go. He's got quite low self worth about that, and so he's kind of quite down. So we're introduced to this like very lonely, very depressed kind of version of Jeff Daniels. 
going about his life. And then, yeah, as I say, it doesn't really mention what happened to, to Audrey. But one day, out of nowhere, he's, he's out maybe having like a lonely lunch on his own or something, or just walking the streets. He bumps into her. Completely meet cute, random, or, or you know, complete surprise. And they kind of reconnect and they go and they have like dinner together and they discuss how their lives have gone and, you know, uh, where they're at. And he, he mentions his daughter. She asks about his kids and he mentions how he doesn't really see them, but the daughter's getting married, but he doesn't think he's going to go because he thinks he'd only be, you know, un, an unwanted guest. And it, it, he's only been invited out of kind of, you know, duty. But I think he, he's like, he, he's kind of so down on himself. He doesn't really want to go. So then the d- Melanie Griffiths, then Melanie Griffiths says, that's ridiculous. You should, you should go. Let's go together. Let's be impulsive. <laughs> so she encourages him to go on a road trip to we're going to say the daughter lives in another state like i didn't really think about the geography too much but there's a road trip element of course where they're going to travel to i mean it's pretty much all a road trip yeah exactly basically would you want to keep the road trip element so yeah they're going to go on a road trip together to attend his daughter's wedding which is maybe across you know several days drive mm-hmm. so the two of them melanie griffith audrey and jeff daniels charlie they they go on this road trip together heading to the wedding and She's not kidnapping him. They are sincerely <laughs> heading in that direction, generally. But like, um, as friends. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 very much platonic. But uh, you know, he she's you know bringing out a side of himself that he hasn't really experienced in quite a long time. And, yeah. you know, he, he's 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 happier than he's been in a long time, basically. So it kind of awakens something in him, and it's all going quite well. Um, but they do they do get into a few misadventures on the road, which I've not really specified specifically. But you know, there'll be some you know some some some, some mild hijinks, probably very mild. You know, they're they're a bit older now; they're not going as crazy as they did. <laughs> but uh, you know, it probably is on the level of like like sneaking out of a restaurant without paying the bill, kind of thing, or you know, under tipping the waiter. Oh, the horror! You know that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but so it's all, it's all going relatively smoothly until at a certain point they are they stop at a at a bar somewhere on the way and who should they run into but ray liotta what and there's no explanation for how he's still alive it's not going to be discussed at this moment but he's he's back he's back in their lives and and they're very wary that of of why he's suddenly reappeared but he kind of talks them around a little bit and much like the first one it starts with him saying let's just go for a drink let's bury the hatchet and let's talk you know <laughs> let, let's try and let's try and see if we can all be friends you, you know, know he, just, I, I, he turns on the charm yeah he turns on that ray liotta charm yeah. uh which is even more sinister now because you know <laughs> yeah he died <laughs> yeah but, but they, they reluctantly agree to initially well they don't really have much choice in the matter because he's very insistent and as you would imagine it very quickly devolves you know drinks a few drinks down he starts to get more more belligerent he takes them to a convenience store and um they they go in he, he tell ask he asks he asks audrey to go in and get them some smokes against it's a real merit of the first film mm-hmm. and he so she goes in reluctantly to get some booze and smokes and while it's just jeff daniels and ray liotta in the car ray liotta actually drives away with jeff daniels in the car leaving audrey stranded much like they left at irene the lady from uh independence day independence day <laughs> they much like they abandoned her in the original film they now abandoned melanie griffith at the convenience store and ray Lotta now fully kidnaps jeff daniels mm-hmm. and takes him on the road and leaves audrey behind and we don't see audrey again for quite some time because we're going to go into a period of the movie now where ray Lotta is just fully taking control he is in the driver's seat literally and figuratively <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> and, and and yeah he he's basically kidnapped jeff daniels and a crime spree ensues like a real crime spree now ensues like you know all kinds of stuff that there's 
he's robbing stores, you know, holding up petrol stations or gas stations, I should say. Um, he's he's full, on his full wild card ride and he's completely overpowered Jeff Daniels and the movie's just going to follow them as Jeff Daniels tries to escape but can't ever really get away from him because he's just, he won't let him go. He's just taking control completely. And so this this kind of happens, but he he also lets slip to Ray Liotta at a certain point that he wants that he that he was on his way. The reason him and Audrey got back together was that they were on their way to his to attend his daughter's wedding, and so Ray Liotta is like, "Great, let's go there." Oh no. he's like, a, he's a full wild card now. He's just a complete <laughs> wild card. So he they actually on this crime spree with, with you know increasing levels of disaster and misbehavior you know, befalling them. And the police are probably after them as well. There's probably they're probably wanted and being chased, you know, across state lines for all the crimes that they're committing. But their ultimate destination, they are still heading for this wedding, which is in like 24 hours. So ultimately, they get to the wedding, and you know, Jeff Daniel doesn't want to go in. He really wants to try and avoid this. What's clearly going to be a train wreck, disaster situation. So he, when they get there, he tries to overpower Ray Liotta to stop him from going in because he doesn't want Ray Liotta to interrupt his daughter's wedding. So he really finds an inner strength to kind of try and fight him off and maybe like temporarily disarms him and maybe ties him up or whatever, just, just to stop him from ruining the wedding. And then he kind of bloodied and beaten after a very brutal <laughs> fight between the two of them. He kind of staggers into his daughter's wedding venue and everyone is shocked. Like it's, it's in the middle of the ceremony. It's a classic ceremony interruption, but they're really scared of him and he doesn't understand why. Cause he's just walked in and he looks a bit, he looks a bit shaken up, but it doesn't seem like he's threatening anyone, but they're all really scared of him. And they're like trying to calm him down. He doesn't quite understand why. Um, and then the police arrive with Melanie Griffith. No, actually, how are we going to do this? What do you reckon, Melanie Griffith? Uh, what are we doing the reveal? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, so I so I think at this point he's he's walked into the wedding and everyone's terrified of him. They've they, yeah. they, they've seen him and he's yeah looking a bit wild and manic. Yeah. yeah, manic. Thank you. And I would say right now, a little flashback to just two minutes earlier, mm-hmm. an actual flashback to two minutes earlier. They're in the car. They're having that scuffle. Mm-hmm. And Ray Liotta stabs Jeff Daniels. Oh, yes. That was it. Yeah. And so and and we see Jeff Daniels. He dies like the, the life drains out of him and he's he's gone. Mm-hmm. Was it like um, a, like when he stabbed uh, Ray Liotta in the first movie? Yes, there's lot, there's loads and loads of parallels with the first movie. Loads yeah. of like scenes being repeated, basically. Yeah, yeah definitely, and maybe but reversed. Yeah. And maybe there's a way in which the camera doesn't show us who's died, yeah, but yeah, yeah. actually it switched it round, and you know Jeff Daniels has died now. Mm-hmm. But when they walk, when, when when he walks into the into the wedding venue, mm-hmm. everybody's seeing Jeff Daniels. Yes, but we're seeing really Otter. Yeah. And so it turns out that the whole thing it's kind of a Fight Club scenario where <laughs> Ray Liotta was just an alternate personality he was a figment of his imagination so was he a figment a figment of his imagination uh, a figment of his imagination in this sequel or was it also <laughs> a figment of his imagination in the first movie well in in both so this is my this is where we kind of came at this from so i was thinking watching the first, i was thinking that maybe in the first movie there's so many coincidences and there's so little backstory given to us that Melanie Griffith almost appears out of nowhere. I know we do get a brief scene with her mom, but ultimately like she appears out of nowhere and in, she just kind of para- parachutes into Jeff Daniels' existence and turns him upside down. So I'm thinking at this moment in the, and also really Otter is this agent of chaos. So I'm thinking in this sequel that the ultimate reveal after all this is that, yes, it's kind of a fight club scenario, but more than that, it's that what actually happened in the original movie was that Jeff Daniels, having recently been through a very traumatic experience of his 
wife leaving him and taking the kids away and him like having a midlife crisis an early midlife crisis he actually had a meltdown like a psychological breakdown and went on this crazy spree on his own and there was no melanie griffith and there was oh, no. no ray liotta the whole thing was just him and the idea is that melanie griffith and ray liotta represent the different sides of his psyche it's like three different sides of the same person so the jeff daniels version is this very buttoned down conservative character this kind of slight sad sack kind of character melanie griffith is like the side of him that is free-spirited and rebellious and is kind of quite a healthy side but then Ray Liotta is his ultimate dark side, which is, which is filled with anger and pain and resentment and just manic behavior. And so in the original film, the three kind of come together and ultimately they managed to dis- to kill off the the dark side of, it, of the personality. But in this film, the dark side re- reappears and actually fully overpowers. And it's, it's like he's had a, a relapse. He's had a second psychological break. And so again, this crime spree he's been on, which has been escalating and escalating, has always been him on his own. And so when Melanie Griffith gets left at the convenience store, it's like he's left that side of himself, which is kind of rebellious, but also has a moral compass. And he's just, the Ray Liotta figure has fully taken control of the per- personality at that point. Mm. So it's a little bit convoluted. I like but, it because it makes the first movie better. <laughs> yeah, it makes it this very kind of dark kind of Right, it makes it a lot psychological darker too. study. Yeah, yeah, the psychological study. So yeah, and then I'm thinking he... So that it and it's so I'm, it's kind of for me it's like Fight Club meets that film um, Falling Down by do you know that one with uh, Michael Douglas mm-hmm. where he uh, ends up going on like he, he's like a regular like middle class guy who's going through a divorce and then he go, he starts off just he doesn't realize he's the bad guy and then it ends with his whole family being terrified of him because he goes on this kind of crime spree. I think he's now standing in the church where his daughter's getting married and the police arrive and they put him in handcuffs and he only now realizes that it was all him and. He, it just ends with him being taken, again, it ends quite bleakly, but ends with him being taken to, I guess, some kind of mental health facility to, really, to deal with these, uh, some kind of asylum. Yeah. And that, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the joke is in the next cell. You know, <laughs> I, I was, I, I was gonna, I was gonna add, maybe it works as, as a post credit scene that, uh, what's her face? Melanie Griffith. That the Melanie Griffith comes back. Ah, like a, a chink of hope. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, so maybe like she comes in, like she's a vis- like she's a visitor. Somebody comes in and says, you've got a visitor and it's her. Yeah. Um, and that suggests that there's still hope for him because maybe he's been having lots of therapy yeah. in this after he's been arrested and put in this asylum. And maybe he's like almost catatonic mm-hmm. and you think, oh, he, the good side of him has been lost and it's just the Rayleigh Otter now. But yeah, he gets a visit from Melanie Griffith and that's the cold close. It's like the, the, the beat mm. before the credits. But it suggests that there's still a hope for redemption and for recovery because she is that healthy balance between the two sides of his personality that might help him to reform his shattered psyche. That's that's pretty awesome. I just thought of this and it made me laugh inside. That because uh, you guys have done a beautiful mind on the show, right? We haven't actually. No. Oh, you haven't. But you have no. seen it. Have you guys seen it? I've not. Okay, then you never can mind. Spoil it though; it's fine. <laughs> I, w- I was about nah. to spoil something from the movie. Nah, let's let, nah, let's leave it. Let's leave it. Okay, because we, we might come to it one day. Okay, well, uh, when we do the episode, we'll we'll come back to you and find out what it was you wanted to uh, to bring in. If you can still remember, whenever we get around to it. But uh, yeah, so that was something, something dark side. <laughs> that was Harry was very pleased with himself for that coming up with that title. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's no something child, but but it's pretty good. Yeah, I know that. Was, yeah. <laughs> 
Great. So, uh, yeah, so that was it. That was something, something dark side. And those were our sequel ideas for um, something wild. So shall we move on to listener submissions? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So we have a few this week, just a handful. It's a bit of a cult film, obviously, so it's not loads, but we have had a few people. P- people who see this film tend to really like it, I think. So the ones we have are very positive. Corey Johnson says, you'd need a time machine to get all the appropriate parties involved. But how about... A sequel co-starring Gene Wilder called Something Wilder. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another person said Something Mild, which is taking your title, Julio, but their version is Now Married, Charlie and Lulu are shut-ins who stay at home and watch Netflix all day. Things amp up when Charlie is forced to get up and yell at the neighbor kid to get off his lawn. I love it. Yeah. I love it. He's living the life you aspire to, uh, Harry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, if the neighbor's kids start playing on my lawn, I've put a lot of effort into. Oh, my I lawn. can imagine you will be shaking that fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you kids get off my property. You, yeah. Uh, Dennis Fanning said, since sequels tend to hit the same beats as the first movie, how about same thing? Wild. <laughs> a little pun like that. And then, oh, here's one, another one that we've already had. But David Hertzke also said something child. But his idea was something child could be Charlie and Lulu somehow have custody over a small alien who ends up winning their hearts. <laughs> and he's got a picture of baby Yoda. So, yeah. And very, very last, last one is over on Twitter at, from at another 404 error. They said, Audrey and Charlie have grown comfortable together. He's a little more spontaneous and she is a little more restrained. Older, they both feel that inertia has set in. One morning, Audrey leaves before Charlie wakes up. Once he does, he finds a note. Panic. But then, what if I just let it go? So I guess it's uh, giving this premise of like, maybe, is he going to chase her? Is he not? It's kind of, they've left it open in the, in the suggestion there, but it could go either way, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Yeah. So lots of, yeah, lots of ideas of maybe like, yeah, what would they do in middle age? Would, would they last? Would those crazy kids maybe be able to keep it together? And I think the consensus is it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> yes. They're going to have to uh, really get to know each other and see how that works. With the, when the adrenaline runs out that's i see i liked the movie the first time i watched it i liked it more on the rewatch and now after this conversation i like it even more yeah i, I will rewatch this again definitely I, i'm very i had very positive feelings about this film and yeah it's, it's a fun one to discuss so you, you've done as well once again julio so great stuff so thank you everybody for those sequel ideas we ask for your listener submissions every week a few days before we record by putting posts out on facebook and twitter where you can post your ideas so make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. So listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set. You can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, where you can also leave us a five-star review if you wish. It really does help us to reach new listeners. You can also support us on Patreon for as much or as little as you think we're worth, and you'll get all the bonus features discussed earlier. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And Julio, thank you very, very much for joining us. Would you like to take this opportunity to give a little bit of plug to your podcast? Uh, yes, I imagine uh, regular listeners of Beyond the, po- uh, Beyond the Box Set are familiar with our promo, at least. <laughs> because mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been running for some time. Yeah. I always get a kick of like, I'll be in the middle of an episode that comes on. But uh, yeah, uh, we are, uh, we're the contrarians. We, 
we talk about movies that rate really high or really low in the tomato meter, the Rotten Tomatoes website. Uh, if, if they're really high, if they're fresh, we talk about them as if they were rotten, as if they were bad movies. And if they're rotten, we talk about them as if they were great movies. So hence the name The Contrarians. Uh, and then on the second half of the show, we tell you how we really feel. Sometimes it matches the first half, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but generally, we just, we just try to have a good time while talking about movies. Uh, recently, yeah, it's, it's a great concept. Uh, yeah, recently uh, it hasn't aired yet, but we just recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just recorded where I, I told you, John, because you messaged me your thoughts on about Showgirls. Showgirls, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I read them uh, while we were recording, and uh, and oh, we nice. got to talk a little bit more about that because it was, it was a different point of view, and that is the best result. I mean, I'm sure you guys get the same feeling when you guys talk about a movie and then. You learn from each other. You see the movie in a different way because of the conversation, but then also mm-hmm. listeners give you feedback, and that also opens up your eyes to maybe new things. That's that's probably the Definitely. best part it's, of it. Yeah, and we always say yeah, and, and also having patrons come on like yourself who recommend films that we wouldn't probably have gotten around to ourselves. It's always such a good time. It, it's really great to because I think we both have our different kinds of films that we tend to mm. you know. So any anything that kind of takes us out of our comfort zone is always a, a lot of fun. So. Uh, Thank you again for choosing, once again, a really great film. Thank you. It was a pleasure, as usual, to come here. And uh, I guess, Harry, just be be ready, because I know Showgirls is, is in your future at some point. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been I've, I've literally been waiting until we can like reach a stage where we can get a really good drag queen to join us to talk about Showgirls. Right. That, that's, my, that's my dream. That's been my dream since we started this podcast. So okay. maybe the time will come soon. Now there's some UK ones in the mix. But, uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, great. So thank you very much again, Julio. And next week, Harry. Yep. It's a pick from me, and I'm going to yep. go with a little bit of a curveball, a bit of an obscure film that came out relatively recently. Julio, I don't know if you've seen this, but if if you have not, I really recommend watching it before you listen to our podcast, because it's one of those ones where the less you know, the better. Um, I'm going to suggest that we do a little film called Shadow in the Clouds. Nice. Never heard of this. Never heard no, of it. It's it, Very few people have. So I, it, th- so I hope this works out for you, John. Yeah, it, it, it's a risk. It's it, Hopefully it won't be another you can count on me, but I'm fairly <laughs> confident. Um <laughs> Yeah, Julio, it's, if it came out late last year, I think. It starred Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, and that's all I'm going to tell you. But I would say find a way to watch it if you can, if it's available on anything uh, that you have access to. Go in as blind as you can. It's really one that benefits from, yeah, the less you know, the better. Okay, so, I, I uh, know. I, I think I know which movie you're talking about. Uh, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about it other than it's uh, it's written by Max Landis, right? Yeah, that is kind of a bummer, but it's directed by a woman, and she did say that after the stuff that came out about Max Landis, uh, she claims that she rewrote ninety five percent of the script. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful that it's we don't have to we can enjoy it without having to give him too much credit because yeah, he he's one of those people who's come out quite recently as being a very unpleasant person, and we do not want to endorse that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, so. but you know, not that it's it's much, but I, but at least I guess his infamy. Is is the one reason I know about the movie? I mean, I, I know it, and I know sure. it, I have it like on my watch list. It's in like, oh, Chloe mm-hmm. Grace Moretz. But if if he if that hadn't happened, I don't know if I it would have, you know, gone under my radar. How did you find it? I, I was a recommendation from a friend who just said, "Look, watch it, but don't Google it." And I was I was very <laughs> glad that he did that. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm passing. I'm I'm passing that on because yeah, I think the the Max Landis factor is why it kind of disappeared and nobody saw it. And also pandemics films get, it's hard films to break through these yeah. days. But uh, yeah, it, it really flew under the radar and not a lot of people saw it. And I do think it is, there's, there's going to be a lot to talk about. So I'm, I'm excited. 
So, uh, yeah, I will leave you with that. So uh, we'll see you next week for Shadow in the Clouds. Great. Thank you, Julio, for coming on. Thank you very much, Julio. Thank you, guys. I'm glad we made it. We, we overcame the the connection issues. We did. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us. And uh, you're always very, very welcome. Uh, we always appreciate you. So thank you very much. I had a blast. And yeah. you're giving me a new movie to watch. So as soon as I'm done Excellent. with the Oscars, I'm, I'm on that. I, yeah, I can't wait to hear what you thought about it. <laughs> All right. Great stuff. Thank you. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye.